the Hurley residence, and he walks in, and he sees Nadine, and she tries to like, not clap. <laughs> Fellas, don't drink that coffee. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it. Dallas is drinking, everyone. Welcome back to Dishing the Percolator. Here's the crazy thing. I don't drink. Wait, what? So this is going to be a thing. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were, like, were saying that you just mimed it. No. Because <laughs> I was going to say, that is crazy. I, that's how good I am at mime, is that you couldn't see it, but you could hear sound it's, effects. You put ice cubes in a glass and then poured, I guess, water. And then, But yeah. in my head, I think you're drinking whiskey. Well, no. Well, that's not even the miming part. The miming part is I didn't even have water. I poured nothing in anything. You made the sound with your mouth? <sighs> Did I? <laughs> I'll have to rewind it. <laughs> um, welcome back, everyone, to episode eight. Oh, man. Season finale. Season I, finale? I, we I'll did be it. honest. We I should have watched it. I should have watched oh, it. Oh, okay. We're going to take a short 47-minute break. <laughs> I'm going to leave it running so we can listen to Dallas's... Real time commentary. I'm just kidding. No, I watched it, but I want. Unfortunately, uh, some of those things were what. I'm just afraid. What are you, you're because you're. Well, you're tying. Un- you're tying an asterisk to this because we were going to record a few days ago, and Sam got sick. My wife. Wait, you told me you got sick. Did I say? Oh no, I got sick. That's right. Well, Sam's oh, sick I'm, now. I'm starting to see some Swiss cheese through this lie. <laughs> no, no, no. I did get sick. I, I actually got. Um, I got, and, and then maybe I don't know. I'm still figuring out what it was. I think it was like a food thing, but uh, I got. I felt bad for like a day, like pretty bad, and then I got better at night, and then Sam kind of got it, and then hers turned into this like sinus thing, and so she's been sick. Uh, for the last like week, but anyway, yeah, we're we, not we're not your doctor, by the way. Well, I'm we, going to explain some symptoms to you if you could tell me what you think it is. <laughs> we're not WebMD. We're the podcast. Do you know what WebMD slogan the, is? The <laughs> what? If it's WebMD, it's cancer. <laughs> WebMD, you, why WebMD? Why does my toe hurt? You, well, because you're dying of cancer. You probably have shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> I'm a 37-year-old man, WebMD. I don't think so. <laughs> but maybe you're right. Um, uh, anyway, so I watched it a few days ago. Okay. So yes. it's not super fresh in my well, mind, but... I'll, I'll Let me jog your memory. And, that's what, and that's what I was looking forward to. everyone's collective memory on this episode that is the season finale. Uh, episode now, eight on... who's Laura Palmer? All right, hold on. Let me okay. just get through this. Sorry. Before you start telling me more about your symptoms... Uh, this is episode. Please stop talking. This is episode eight. Uh, it's episode seven on the Blu-ray. It's entitled "The Last Evening." We didn't have fevers. Neither one of us. Which had may fevers. describe uh, our podcast. This may be the last evening. 
<laughs> we may not change the title of this one because it might be uh, aptly put. Um, this aired on May 23rd in the year of our Lord, 1990. It was written and directed by Mark Frost. Um, he, uh, this is the only one he directed of all of the 30 hours of this oh, show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He, he wrote a few just on his own. Obviously, he's, he's written a few with David. Um, but this was uh, the Mark Frost solo show. Um, and it's kind of like we talked about last episode. There's so many of these different threads that are all going to come to a head in this one. And then um, he really just left it out on the table. I think that kind of going into this, they knew it was hard to get renewed. And so I think his mind was like, let's leave all of these kind of just like, let's just stack cliffhangers. Um, and so that's what we're presented with, uh, with the last evening. So they, you're saying that they created a lot of cliffhangers cause they wanted to try to get renewed. They wanted to get renewed and they, and they didn't, they still didn't think they would. Um, yeah. which is interesting because when we get to the end of the show, if they had not, uh, Twin Peaks is a very different beast as a whole. Um, because Ooh, why is that? Well, because I, obviously I can't go into it too far, but, um, they don't, there's a lot of things that don't get closed, and so you would have just kind of had to assume certain things that we'll find out later on our, you know, whether or not they're true. But it's a, total, it's a totally different show if it ends here. Well, here's what I say. I have a new title for it. Usually we do this later, but I'm excited to hear it. It's a Goodbye Nadine. <laughs> But like with a lot of exclamation points oh, at the end. Oh, it's so sad. No, it's really not. It's sad and so. Uh, we'll I get, was more we'll, upset we'll over get, Leo than I was in eighteen. Those, by the way, watch because I watched it today. Those are two very beautiful moments in the show. Like the way that they happen are like very sad. Maybe one is sad. The other one to me is not sad, but they're both in their own way. Quite striking. Um, we'll get to those as we kind of go through the show, but sure, you've ruined it for anyone who uh, you know is trying to watch along while we talk. Yeah, but why would Since they watch we, along while we talk? Because we we idea. go we go as slow as the episode. Um, I was saying I was talking to a person today, a buddy of mine. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I got one or two, and uh, he was saying he he was I, we were talking about Stranger Things. Was it my the, was it my dad? It was your dad, Jim O'Donnell, and. Uh, we talk on the phone probably twice a week. And <laughs> Wait, that's more than I talk to my dad. Well, just about cases that he's working on. <laughs> and uh, he was saying that, uh, he was saying, Dallas, and I was like, Jim, he said, uh, you know. You're the son I never had. <laughs> and then I said, I think you had two. <laughs> and, then he, and then he started snoring on the phone. I think you should James, probably go James, see your dad. James, go visit your dad. James III doesn't listen to this podcast, so only, only I am hurt by all that, but yeah. Are you talking about Diesel? Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I, he was talking about uh, Stranger Things. Wait, you call was, my brother, you have a nickname for my brother that's Diesel? Don't you call him Diesel? <laughs> no. We don't call him Diesel? <laughs> Who calls him Diesel? Oh, man, I thought we called him Diesel. <laughs> we could start. I think we should. Um, if you know Sean's brother, just call him Diesel. <laughs> James uh, just moved to New Orleans. Oh, God. Uh-oh. I, mo um, I moved up here to hang out with him, and he moved to New Orleans. Apparently, I have that effect on people. <laughs> well, when you moved to New Jersey, Chris Christie died. 
Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, that that was on purpose. The, the the Stranger Things. Everybody's talking about Stranger Things. You've, you know? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Um, here's the thing about it. People blew it up real big. Yeah. And it is not as awesome as everyone is making it out to be. Okay. However, it is a good time. Like you would, you will enjoy it. I love. Like good, it is, I love good times. It's very reminiscent of an '80s kind of thriller. I got that without even watching it, kind of from. The, yeah, and that's what they were totally going for. Like, if you yeah. saw Super Eight and yeah. you enjoyed Super Eight, then you will enjoy Stranger Things. Was it Things. better than Super Eight? Because I didn't really love Super Eight. See, I like Super Eight because it was basically Goonies meets ET, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. But it's like very '80s. Yeah. And somebody was pointing out today that it's like '80s in the way that you feel like it might have been made in the '80s. Sure. Instead of it trying to be overtly 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's probably cool. hard. To, that's probably hard to pull off. Yeah, and Winona Ryder's good. Everybody's good in it. But she, I was saying she was you, in she was in Beetlejuice. Yeah, she was also in um, uh, Mr. Deeds. Nope, that's not true. She was just in Beetlejuice. No, no, she was in she nope, was in Beetlejuice, and then she took a twenty um, year break. Only movie. She, you should probably watch Mr. Deeds. I stood next to her at a concert one time. It was really. I like, stood next to her at the premiere of Mr. Deeds. <laughs> um, but, but which I is say, ironic because she wasn't in it. If you enjoyed, if you enjoyed, I hope you things, locked up your wallet standing next to her. Oh, I did. She oh, went for she went for mine like four times. Yeah, you know what I did? I stole hers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that. Take that, Winona. Why, Nona? Well, and then you every, weren't in Mr. Deeds, and you're not even a Judd. Um, but what she was, but was she <laughs> gonna let that one go? <laughs> Stranger, if you like Stranger Things, you'll like Twin Peaks, I think. And so I was suggesting it to this guy. I was like, you should watch Twin Peaks. Oh yeah. And I was like, in fact, Sean O'Donnell, he knows you. Uh, who doesn't? It's, it's my dad, right? Yeah, he's your dad. Yeah. Well, you know, a little bit. And it's uh, not my dad. Who were you talking to? Do you want to name Mark. this person? Mark Matamoros. Oh yeah. Hi, yeah. Mark. And uh, he's probably not listening. But I said we had a podcast. Well, he will we, now. We watched the show, and then we talk about the show. And I explained. He's like, well, I've never seen it. I was like, neither have I. That's the whole point of the show. And he said, well, should I watch the show first and then listen? And I said, yes, you definitely should. Yeah. So if anybody's watching the show and then listening intermittently while they're watching the show. Then we're sorry for making you wait so long between episodes. And you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Wait, what? You're doing it wrong. You got to watch a show and then listen to us. Talk yeah, about- yeah. And ideally, we would have gotten through this quicker so people could watch one. And then, I mean, I guess if you waited, maybe you know, like when you when the Emmys are on and you record it and you and you like, then you watch it like two hours into it, so mm-hmm. you can skip to the commercials. Like maybe you do that. Maybe you're not listening yet to our podcast. Maybe we get to like episode fifteen, and then you start because we'll probably like then pace out where you kind of end with us. Yeah, I, I think it's just at the really snail's pace we're going. Speaking of snail's pace, um let's uh let's get into this episode. <laughs> I was also going to mention I don't think we did this last time Dallas uh, tell us where we can find you on Twitter. Um at @goodbynadine.winonawhiterwriter/judd. <laughs> slash Judd. Ex- exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point dot block spot slash uh, <laughs> Ashley Judd. Cool. We'll follow you there and look for some of your updates. And I don't have a joke. Mine is at Sean T. O'Donnell. Uh, I don't tweet. So um, you should though. You'd be good at. It. You're, oh, you're good at. It. 
No, I don't know why I'm not into it. I've got. You're I, really good at those Instagram videos. Because I, I just put oh, videos yeah. of my kids. Jesus my Christ! Ki- wow! <laughs> <laughs> did you just did you just insta slam me? I don't know. Did I? Is that a thing that the kids do? The insta slams? Are you are you saying that your Instagram game is that high? You're able to come down on me like that? I listen. I'd love to do some of those Instagram stories. I just I got nothing to say. You're too busy doing stand up in Alpine. Uh, if it pays. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Let's get into this. Uh, episode 8, The Last Evening, aptly titled. Um, so they start, uh, we start off, we're not in Hawaii, but we think we are. Um, we're in Jacoby's office, which is all, uh, he's got, you know, the Hawaiian fetish, right? Do you um, think that's an ode to the fact that they had to film part of the show, like in L.A. or wherever you were saying? I don't think so because I'm pretty sure he already had that whole vibe going on when they were shooting it in uh, Washington, right? He's in the pilot and they were shooting that in in Washington. Good point. Good point. I don't know where that – in all of the reading I've done on this show, I've never figured out what his whole – where the Hawaiian thing came from. Um, But it's there. And so they're in his office. Uh, Going back to last episode, they've lured him away – with uh, they put Maddie out there kind of as bait, um, dressed up as Laura to get him out of the office so they can go in and try to find some evidence because they still think Jacoby might be the guy who did it. And um, they're looking through the office, and Donna uh, just kind of for no reason just hits a button on the wall, it starts playing Hawaiian music really, really loudly. Mm-hmm. And he's James is like, you know, turn it off, and she keeps hitting and just changes songs. Um, I think that I've decided uh, we're going to do a little home remodel here in the future. I think I'm going to ask our contractor if we can put a button that just like rips Don Ho, uh, you know, at a moment's notice. I, I think that'd be like worthwhile, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but finally, they figure out how to turn it off, um, and they find the coconut with the tape and the necklace, and. Um, this is where Bobby takes the opportunity to plant drugs uh, in James's gas tank. <laughs> yeah, just that sentence is very funny. Sorry. Why? Plant drugs in James's gas tank. Um, and so then they're they're kind of cutting back and forth. We see Jacoby. So they told Jacoby to go to this one place, but he recognizes from that video the gazebo. So Maddie's in trouble because, you know, she's thinking she's fine. Like, Jacoby's going to go to the the Sparkwood in 21, but he ends up, you know, where she is. But we know from the last episode that there's someone kind of watching her. And so that person ends up, you know, beating the crap out of Jacoby. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they kind of leaves him there. We don't know if he's going to live or die. Um, If the Jets were around, he'd be all right. (laughs) Where were the Jets? Where were the Jets? <laughs> Womb to tomb. Doesn't make any sense. Where indeed. Um, that's a better name for this episode. Where were the Jets? Where were the Jets? We're whisked away to One-Eyed Jacks where Cooper is still playing blackjack with his Jacques. And there's the really kind of gross scene where the the lady of the night comes over to him to proposition him. And he says, you know, like... 
he's really like nice about it. And he's like, maybe another time, but thank you. And then Jock does that weird thing where he like smiles and like sticks out his tongue and it's just awful. Yeah. I agree um, with him. And then we see Blackie. I like she's so she's got on her desk these two monitors like of the casino, right? Like she's kind of she's the boss, so she's keeping track. But they're those like tiny mon they're so small. Like the TVs are like three inches. Yeah. Remember when like tech was expensive? Like nowadays, everything on Amazon is four dollars and it's an a huge TV. But like in the 80s, you'd have like these little tiny monitors, you know, like closed circuit or whatever. Anyway. Well, in the 80s, like, you couldn't even like, yeah. In the 80s, like somebody was like, hey, we're going to get a VCR player. And you were like, what are you, a millionaire? <laughs> yes. it, didn't make, it didn't even make sense what to is you. your dad the president? Come on. But, but you have to take it out and put it in a rewind <laughs> machine, right? Because it doesn't rewind it for certainly, you, it? Certainly you guys aren't well, enough, well off enough to have one of those cars you put it in, the little car rewinder thing. Yeah, just, you don't have one of those, all it, right? All it does is rewind so it doesn't wear out the motor on your VCR. Oh, you do have one? Okay, well, I guess, sorry, I guess, I guess uh, what your, is mom your mom is mama, the queen of England. Your mom's a sultan? Okay. I get um, it now. Oil she, barons? She has this really tiny little, they're so cute, like monitors anyway. That was fun. Yeah, um, I have some right now. So then that's when uh, they're getting Audrey ready, right? It's her first night. Um, what's going to happen? Um, the next thing is Cooper brings out the, the gives him the tip. It's the chip that has the bite out of it. And Jock doesn't like recognize it, doesn't know what it is. Otherwise he would have bolted. Um, but Coop says, you know, can I buy you a drink? And then Cooper plays and kind of sets up Jock here. It's, it's really well done. Um, telling him that he knows Leo, that he's the one, you know, kind of providing the bang for Leo. And he gets Jock to trust him and gives him some information about that night. And, um, and then he sets Jock up to make a run across the border so that they can arrest him. But then Jock goes into telling the story about um, kind of what's happening that night. <laughs> he does that line about how Leo's doing a number on her and he puts the chip in her mouth and then the close-up of his, of his Canadian mouth, his French-Canadian mouth saying, bite the bullet, baby, uh, <laughs> plays on repeat in my nightmares. Maybe there's a reason that Mark Frost only directed one. <laughs> it's really memorable. <laughs> it's a great scene, um, but Jock is just the creepiest of creepy. And there's a lot of creepy people and moments in the show. That's for sure. He's right up there, though. Um, so then, what do I have here? Audrey is still kind of getting ready, and she sees Cooper. Um I think she sees Cooper on the screen. Uh, anyway, um, more on her later. So, literally, we already know that Shelley did not get a scholarship to Princeton. Um, she's decided to just like stay in that house mm -hmm. after shooting the most vicious dude. In the Tri County, the, the in the state of Washington, <laughs> like and so she's just shampooing her hair in the sink, yeah, and like like the genius she is, like the little Rhodes Scholar she is, and 
Ghost reached for a towel, and oh, look at this. Leo's got the towel. Um, and he has plans for her that aren't good. Um, uh-huh. If you're going to shoot Leo, you have to kill him, or then you can't just stay in your house. Yeah, it, I mean, I didn't really think about it because, like, to me, yeah, she's dumb and her boyfriend is a teenager. So, yeah, I just didn't think. The yeah. Way, see, like, I grew up, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Ohio and this kind of thing, this kind of brain power was was uh-huh. about the same level. You know what I mean? Go Buckeyes, huh? Yeah, okay. Go Bucks. Yeah, no. All right, move on. Okay. So, um... So anyway, and then he yells something like, you made me do this. Like, what? Not let her finish that beautiful hair she was going to, like, rinse out? Do some conditioning, maybe? Maybe tonight was finishing rinse night, Leo. Yeah, Leo doesn't seem to have a lot you of You really are a jerk. You know how hard <laughs> it is on hair, working at a diner for 10 hours? How much grease, grease is in that? Yeah, the grease, the mugging. Let I mean, the, smoking was legal in let the, the diner. Woman, so let the smoke. woman condition her hair. She's got cigarette smoke. All kinds of cigarettes. All kinds of cigarettes. Maybe she dropped some hash browns in there if she was working the early There's shifts. There's probably hash browns in there. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. Leo really is a... Especially, you think Leo would know. He has a ponytail. He has long hair. He knows. He really is a butthead. Yeah, it's a good thing that uh, he kills Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, that was great. Um, <laughs> so then... We're so all of this. Then we get to like the whole jock thing pr- pretty quickly. Like he he hightails out of out of one eye jacks because I think he has to cross the border. Um, so I can just imagine him being like, "Jock, you're due back on the crafts table." Or whatever. He's like, you know, in some sort of Canadian French Canadian accent, like "Peace out." Like I'm just out of here. Mm-hmm. He's taking off his bow tie. Um, and so we see uh, Sheriff and Andy waiting, uh, waiting for Jacques, and Jacques shows up, and you know they surround him, they put guns on him, and there's this great moment where uh, where Jacques, you know, is able to get a gun away from one of the, you know, one of the deputies, and everyone, you know, trying to go for the gun, but it's Andy. Andy gets the drop on him, and uh, the the season we've spent with Andy, this is a great moment. Because he's been just portrayed and has been just this kind of, you know, bumbling idiot. Um, but he has this kind of cool moment, and it's great. Yeah, it's weird. The show literally um, during that whole, uh, not sting, um, <laughs> you know, when they speed up and they catch Jack or whatever. Yeah, like the show to me like took this weird abrupt turn. Right, like right this, here. Like, yeah, this kind of like tough edit. Where it was like we were kind of at this normal Twin Peaks pace, yeah. this normal Twin Peaks scenery, and then all of a sudden we're in a car with a bunch of cops that I haven't seen before, ready to take down this guy. I don't know like wh- how many scenes a normal Twin Peaks episode has, but this one feels like it has twice as many. Like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. they really are. I mean, this again, this is typical of a season finale. I think you know where they're sure. It's like a fireworks show at the end is when they just start blowing all of them up. Um, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, but so. it was just such a weird abrupt turn. And then, like, yeah, the cool scene with Andy where he, you kind of see a little bit. You kind of see a little bit you didn't see where he, where he shoots 
shoots to kill, basically. Well, like Cooper said, what we need is practice and lots of it. And Andy took that to heart. He's, he, uh, he's cool, calm, and collected for once. Yeah. Um, and he gets a good shot, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't kill him. So, um, anyway, uh, we're off to the Hayward house where they have the tape that they took from Jacoby, and they listen to the tape, and it's Laura, and she's just like, you know, talking all. It's very, uh, I don't know how you describe it. But anyway, it's it's kind of bumming out James, right? Because she's talking about Leo. Yeah, she's on. James is an idiot, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the things that Leo, you did. That Leo gets her hot. And, I mean, we all get it, you know? <laughs> what is it's, the deal with Leo and all well, of the, like, attractive... The of all the it's, attractive women in... Uh, Leo, I, Leo looks like... Okay, like, I played guitar. I, like, learned how to play guitar in the early 90s. And I used to get, like, Guitar Magazine. Leo looks like every bass player of every band that was in Guitar World, like, yeah, well, for five why, years. That's why all the ladies love him. Because the, the, it was all hair bands. He was the guy, man. He was he was like, hey, Leo, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm, I'm just playing with this stupid band, Warrant. He's a you know, cool, it's kind of like one of those things. He's where a it's just like, cool guy in the flashy car, like Shelly said. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Warrant. I would give you, I'm going to give you the flashy car, but cool guy. I, maybe he was in the band Wasp. He looks like he was in all of those bands. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. White um, Lion. This is uh, off topic, but if you are on Instagram, please follow at a, an account called Rigs of Dad, which is like this dude finds these photos of guys in their like 50s playing in crappy bands, and he just like makes up stories about them, and it's the funniest thing of all time, and it just reminded me of the things we're talking about. Well, if, and if, another recommendation for you, if you're on Instagram, you should follow at Hyundai. What is that? It's a car, car company, company. Hyundai. <laughs> they have great deals posted every day. And, uh, you know, honestly, people assume that because it's Hyundai, it's a cheap car. But they're made by the same people who make uh, Hondas. And uh, it's just a different name, so it's cheaper. Uh, you know, so it's basically like buying off-brand medicine. <laughs> this, this episode uh, brought to you by Hyundai. What's yep. Hyundai's slogan? Uh, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Oh, the whiskey's kicking in. <laughs> Hyundai. If it's Hyundai, it's cancer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Go no, ahead. no, that was great. Rigs um, of Dad, R-I-G-G-S, like, like Riggins? Y- no, like R-I-G-S. Like uh, a rig would be known as like, you know, someone's amp, amplifier. Okay. Yeah, Rigs of Dad is so worth a follow, please. Um. There was a joke this week about like a guy who was in a Metallica cover band and his name was Chad and the guy said the name the name of the band was Chad but true and I spit <laughs> coffee like completely covered my whole entire kitchen. It's like it's that le- level of joke. Um Dude, uh, yeah, sorry. They're the, they're all like little gifts. It, Brad Davis, our friend Brad Davis turned me on to it and it's like every time he posts one it's like a small little Christmas present. Um, That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. If uh, on, uh, honestly, if you don't follow Clickhole on Instagram, <laughs> yes, also follow Clickhole. Oh my god, I laugh every single time. I tag you in like every single one. Of the I know they're so good because they're so good. Anyway, okay. Um, moving on. 
When does Nadine die? We're going to get there, but okay, we're not okay. there yet. Um, because, okay, so Laura's talking about Leo. James is upset, rightfully so, but he kind of plays it off. Like, you know, it's cool. I wanted to hear this. And he says to Maddie, you know, hey, I'm sorry. You had to hear this. Because Maddie was her cousin, but man, she didn't know what was going on with Laura, you know? Yeah. Um, so she's finding out a lot about her cousin that she didn't know. Um, and then the next thing we see is uh, they're at the mill, Leo. We see what Leo had planned for Shelly. He's got her tied up, and um, he is uh, dousing the place in uh, gasoline. And uh, what's going to happen? Um, we get to next um, your favorite scene, you monster, which is the wonderful Nadine Hurley has artfully, carefully laid out a blanket. <laughs> She's got all of her like stuff on a nice little like silver platter that looks polished. She has a note. Like it's all so neat and it's so sad. Yeah, I guess it's sad. You're a, you are so awful. Well, I mean, here's the thing you have to think about, okay? Hyundai's Instagram account? <laughs> it's affordable cars, <laughs> and they last forever. Like, I mean, listen, it, it, Sonatas, Elantras, like, just think about, there's options for any size family. You know, you want an SUV, they got SUVs, that's fine. I just don't, I just don't get why they get so, such negative press. Anyway, Nadine... The whole time is just this sad sack of a character. She's crazy. She she ate, she ate bonbons once. She ruins Ed's life. That's not fair. It's not fair for Ed. You're right. And <laughs> the whole time you're like, man, she should just end it all. And then she does. And you're like, well, that they're good. There we go. Ed's not even that sad. No, he's so sad. Well, no, we're, he's we not don't, that sad. We're not, we don't get there yet. We're still. Is it season two? No, no, no. He comes in later in the episode. But right now, I know, it's just. But I, that's what I'm saying. Okay, fine. We, we've only seen her. I'm not a monster. She didn't have anything to give. She's gone. We'll move you on. You are the worst kind of monster. Um. So, okay, we're going on into. Hank and Josie are at the Martell residence, and. So we're kind of getting a little bit more info on what the deal is with these two, right? Because the first time we see any interaction, Hank calls Josie from prison after sending her the like the really like elaborate and like you know art school quality um, pencil sketch of a domino. <laughs> like Hank missed his calling and could have gone on to a life of you know. Um, drawing cartoons for the New York Times, but instead he chose, you know, the path of crime. Um, but through this scene, we kind of understand that Hank was most likely the one who killed her husband um, and then committed manslaughter to kind of, like, create an alibi. And so while they had a deal set up, Hank is then kind of sweating her now for more money. Um, and it ends with this really kind of gross and bizarre thing where he cuts both of their thumbs and says they're in business now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he has this kind of long speech about how, you know, what does 18 months mean in a life and how long are you going to live and how that's kind of like, you know, what is the market for 18 months? Anyway, 
The basis is Hank's trying to sweat her for cash. Josie sticks up for herself, says we have had an agreement. Um, but you could tell Josie's a little... Josie's in trouble, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of feeling that. She's got some anxiety. You love Josie. Nope. <laughs> so the next thing... I was trying to figure this out. They go back to the mill because they're in the office. Um, Catherine and Pete are looking... Catherine and Pete are in the office of the mill, right? So, like, this to me seems like the mill's in session, right? The people are at work. But what about Leo, who's tied up Shelly? Like, wouldn't someone just be there? Like, it feels like there's a continuant, like a continuation thing that's, like, problematic here. I couldn't quite well, figure it out, and I, did, I couldn't find anything talking about it. Yeah, I guess you're right. If only maybe the mill is big. The mill's kind of big. Maybe but there's it, a little But it almost seems mill. like the time when all of this happens is like, he says, Leo says something about like, you have an hour, um, and then Bobby's going to be dead. And it seems like then the story with Catherine and Pete and them looking for the ledger, that's got to take more than... than than an hour for her to go through all the things she goes through and then come back. Anyway. Again, maybe this is why he only directed one. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could be right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this is a really, uh, it's kind of almost, it gets almost to where it's a sweet moment between Catherine and Pete because Catherine's in trouble. She can't find the ledger. She knows she's being set up and she pleads to Pete to help her, right? And the way that these two have been the whole first season feels like way more like brother and sister than they're, they're actually husband and wife. Yeah. And she starts trying to kind of appeal to him saying like, you know, there was, you know, beneath all the scar tissue, you felt something for me once. Um, and it's kind of cute, you know? It, mm. it is up until the point where Pete gives in and then she kind of hugs him like, ugh. Yep. Yeah, and then she and then you yep, realize big, that she's just she's just playing him. Yeah, she is. Yeah, it's not nice. I like Pete. I know I do too. It, yeah, I guess it, cool. it it's sweet for just like a quick second and then it's not anymore. You feel like Pete finally feels something again and uh and then she ruins it and I'm like, "Hey, I don't like Nadine, but I don't like this girl any she, better." She's um she's definitely like an actress. Which isn't to say that she's necessarily like better than anyone, but she acts like in the show. <laughs> she says it like because I'm in trouble. Like it's so <laughs> because yeah. and I I mention this because there's so many people on the show who kind of aren't actors, and it and it's great. Like and I've told stories about how like Andy was like just a driver yeah, for yeah, Lynch. Yeah. Like you you stick out in a way, and sometimes in a good way, and sometimes in a bad way. But like Richard Beamer and her being kind of from the older school of acting. It's just funny. Yeah, Beamer is funny though. Like it, especially there's a like in this episode in a little in a little while. Like sometimes he just goes a little bit a little bit Broadway on it all. Yeah. Well and I, yeah, that's what I felt like with her in this scene where it's just a little over. Like you take the you know the acting when you're not saying anything, you take it a little too far. <laughs> I think it's partly like both of them have done a lot for stage, you know, yeah, and when yeah, you're yeah, when totally. you're when you're playing to the back row. Yeah. They, it's a little bit too to the back row. Um especially in this. But it's a sweet scene and uh anyway. 
Um, but it's not a sweet <clears throat> scene because she's playing him. It, 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 but for a moment, you get a moment of it. Between the two, like, like what I mean is between the two of them for the whole season, it just, there's nothing there. And you just at least get a glimpse of like, maybe there was at one point, you know? Sure. Um, and then we go back to the sheriff station and there's kind of like the, the guys are kind of crowding around Andy because he's having his big moment because, you know, he pulled his gun, he, he shot Jacques, um, <clears throat> and they're kind of having him retell the story. Lucy's watering the plants and she kind of like hears this and she's obviously like, oh, what? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> and so I think Hawk's the one like, go get her, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so he does and there's the, the scene where they're like, it's very, there's not a lot of words, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then she spits out, I'm pregnant, which we kind of, we kind of guessed. Yeah, I figured that a couple episodes ago. It's a, it's a really great scene because there's but once he leaves those guys, I think the only thing that is said is, "I'm pregnant," or maybe like they they call each other like pet names, but then it's just Andy opening those like little curtains mm-hmm. <laughs> silently and walking out, and we know we know that all is not well again for Andy. Poor Andy and Lucy. Poor Andy. Um. So, I'm sorry, I got lost. No, it's okay. <clears throat> but you um, know what's weird is that Lucy is uh, Weird Al's wife. That's not or, true. It's not true? <clears throat> There's no way that's true. Not in real life. Oh, in, in um, UHF. Is that true? I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, I feel no. like sorry, no. No, who but who is she look it's Victoria, it's Victoria Jackson, Jackson from yeah. SNL. That's upsetting. Sorry. Right. I listened to another Twin Peaks podcast and they said that she was they mistakenly said she was the girl from Princess Bride. Is that Carol Kane? Oh yeah, definitely. The, not the her. mom the mom from License to Drive. Uh why are we listening to another podcast? <clears throat> Because before I started one, I used to listen to other people's podcasts. I haven't, listened to, I haven't listened to any of them since then. Okay. All right. I, de- I decided there was a need in the marketplace for the two of us. How do they feel about Josie? <laughs> Let's ask them. Let's ask them. Um, How do they feel about Hyundai? The cars? Yeah. I'm sure they're into it. Uh, there's nothing. Do you, do you own a Hyundai? No, never. Would never <laughs> buy those cars. Sonata, that's like the most popular car, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Sonata, Elantra. And then we, I remember when I worked at Star, we were giving away a SUV. Oh, what? Yeah, I worked at Star. Star, what is that? Star 100.7. A radio station? You're beautiful. Can I ask you a question? You're yeah, sure. How'd you get that job? I won a contest on the radio. Explain. Um... <laughs> They were doing a, uh, a like a kind of like a American Idol for the radio. Go on. And um, and uh, yeah, I had to make a I had to make a demo. <clears throat> How many people and, entered this contest? And Sean O'Donnell, my friend Sean O'Donnell, helped me make a demo. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's why I gave you all those Starbucks coupons. You did. What? How many people entered this contest? Forty thousand. Is that true? Um, nope. And. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you it know, was a I, lot, I, though. It was a lot. It was a big it. deal. Did you make the paper? <laughs> Sean, I made all of the papers. Um, 
the the homeless news was was reaching out to me. That's nice. That's not, that's why he got fired for jokes like that. Uh, it's not, there is the homeless <clears throat> news. What is it? The streetlight. Streetlight Times or something like that. Anyway, uh, I don't know what it was, but they narrowed it down to like I think a hundred, mm-hmm. like through submissions. They narrowed it down like a hundred people, and then you had to go through rounds and voted. You got voted on by the listeners and voted on by the judges and who was going to move to the next round. And then it got down to the three people, and the three of us was like for two weeks we were like doing air shifts and we we're going on all these like uh, you know. All the things they do, you know, when you go somewhere and they're giving out stickers or whatever, uh, like all of those events, promotional events and concerts, and we were meeting people and doing all this stuff, and and uh, and then the the final the final vote was you you know only uh, listeners. There was no no station people who voted and uh, or who, who had any influence, and uh, and so I won that. Yeah, I won through the vote. I'll never forget where I was. The moment you won, I was in Peter King's kitchen with Peter King, host of M- MTV's Sandblast. Yeah. We were listening together. Sandblast. And um, I, we then were like, we have to call in. And I knew that it was going to go badly for you from that moment on when they were like, when I finally got through to congratulate you on the air. And they're like, okay, this is what you're going to say. Like they wanted <laughs> me to say a certain thing. And I was like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> this can't be good. Yeah. And then I remember you got like a really big head for a month and you were kind of like too good for everyone. That's not true. Yeah, maybe it was like three weeks. <laughs> That's not true at all. You're it, was at least, it was at least a week. All right. Well, we don't have to talk about the head you got when you joined Dogwood. Oh, I'm sti- I still have friends gotten, for like four months. Still haven't gotten over that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I was exactly. in. Do I was you want to get there? Hey, I was in Dogwood. I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, hey, you I was will a forever DJ be a horrible you, station. You will forever be Supermouth. So Supermouth. Um, it the is next, funny when people call me Supermouth. Still, it is very funny. To I, me. That's how I always refer to you. Uh, yeah. to, when you're not around. <laughs> um, I will have you know, though, the listeners. I mean, anybody who's listening to this probably knows about the Supermouth. But I, uh, I was fired and. Uh, I had a year contract and I was fired eight months in, and uh, Which they we still, had a we had a bet by the way, and that was way more months than we thought. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, they had a thing where they were like, "We'll pay you." You know, we, we were going to pay you the rest of the money from your thing, and I was like, "I was like, oh, really?" And they're like, "Yeah." The boss was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You could have like quit the day after you won, and we still would have paid you. You won the money." And I'm like, <sighs> "Why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> like, I would have quit immediately." Yeah. Like I didn't want to sit around for, and play for someone li- who isn't listening. Like <clears throat> whatever the major pop radio station in your city is, that's what it was. It was a big deal. Like it was. It was the, a huge station. It was <clears throat> the station. Like because you guys played like what at the time? Like Nickelback. Yeah, or like No Christina Doubt. Aguilera, yeah, you guys no were like Doubt. the biggest station. This was a yeah. this was a big thing. It was the biggest station in San Diego, and it was a big deal. I won a good. I won a fifty grand. <clears throat> contract i want a ton of free stuff yeah for the year i mean it was awesome it was really really awesome and the best part was when they fired me and then i got to be i got to get paid for four months and do nothing except for i bought a tivo uh i lived with rob Hahn, and we would just tivo say by the bell and watch say by the bell all day shout out and, to rob Hahn and say and by the uh, bell. home star runner those are like the two things oh, we watch. yeah yeah it was great good times it's good times. You could have watched Twin Peaks back then. You had all that time. I didn't even know. 
I didn't even know about it because I had a. I didn't know about Twin Peaks because I had this really good friend, but he was too busy touring with some band called Dogwood. So I tried I to. I to tried to, to get you much. to watch. Okay, let's move on. Um, okay. So, where I am, like you keep losing me. Um, we're still at the sheriff's office because that's when they get the phone call from Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's pretending to be Leo, calling about James, saying that James is an easy rider, which I guess means he has drugs in his in his uh, chopper. Um, Bobby does a really horrible Leo impression, which kind of fits in with how he does everything else in his life. Um, which is to say he's not very good at anything. Um, Except for beating up a bar full of bikers. Yeah. What is the, yeah. What was this line from yeah, the Yeah, what first? happened to Bobby's best friend? He goes, uh, lights out, Mr. Monkey Wrench. We haven't seen Mike for a couple episodes. But, yeah, it's but, been a long time. But I'll tell you what. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> if you're yearning for more Mike... I'm uh, not, but stick I, around. Okay. All okay. Right. Um, we're questioning Jacques at the hospital, right? Jacques was shot by Andy. It looks like his arm, like he broke his arm, because I think he's in a cast, but he's alive and he's drugged up. Um, this is important. So, there, because we've, you know, we're trying to figure out what happened to Laura Palmer. That's the point of the whole show. So, they know Jacques was there with her and Ronette and Leo in the cabin. They're asking him, you know, questions about that night and his. He's saying, look, you know, we were there, and the reason... We find out some info. So the bloody shirt was Leo. He hit Jacques with a whiskey bottle, and they're like, why? And he goes, I don't know, and that's why we were fighting. So that explains the bloody shirt. Jacques says, you know, I, I, I passed out. I got sick. <clears throat> when I woke up, they were gone. I had, You know, Leo's car was gone. I had to walk all the way back. So... You know, that's when later on Cooper and, and the sheriff are talking. He's like, do you believe him? And he says he's too stupid to lie. So at this point, at this point, like it's feeling very much like it, Leo, you know, is the guy. Um, if you were to believe kind of Cooper thinking that, you know, <clears throat> what he said is true. Um, and yeah, how you doing? I'm good, man. Okay. I'm, I'm listening. What kind of whiskey are you drinking? I was about to go get more, actually. Oh, okay. I can keep, I can talk for a while. No, I was listening to what you're saying. I'm just curious what your thoughts are, where you're at right now. I was listening along. I like some of this stuff for this episode is kind of like it's. I feel like it's a lot of like. Uh, but this is important. Uh, this is the. This it, is but that's the, what I mean. It's important, but there's really there's nothing I can add to this right now. Sure, sure. Um, Why are you upset at me? I'm not upset at all. I'm not upset at all. Um, we're about to go into this next part of this Jesus episode. It's where like, you know, you bring up some radio shit, and then I go back with some dogwood stuff. It's like there's a lot of unresolved things here. <sighs> we don't have to do this now. We don't. <laughs> do, do you want me? Do I have to tell people listening that I quit every band you and I were in? Is that what this is about? Do people need to know about I left? The stomach monkeys to join Dogwood? Is that what you want to talk about? I just want to know. You just tell me. Quitting a band full of your best friends to go join a band with Russell. And then quitting another band with all your best friends to go start your own band later. Is, is any of that... Can you file any of that under the term building a better me? Because I don't think you can. I'm going to put this to bed. I'm going to put this to bed for you quickly. 
this is the true statement about me and my musical career. And then we're <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to we're going to go we're just going to go straight and finish this episode because people are dropping out like they're like flies. No, they're not. I have never joined a band that I didn't quit. <laughs> not one. Oh man, were you ever an antisocial? If I if I was, I would have quit. <laughs> if you look back at my history in music, yeah, it always ends the same way. Uh, all right, well, <clears throat> but I'm not going to quit you, loyal loyal listener. I wasn't talk, I wasn't oh, talking oh, sorry. to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you may not be a part of the second season, but I'm going to keep going. Okay, okay. That's fine. So here we are. Um, okay, this is great. So back to the interviewing Jock <laughs> in the hospital. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so <laughs> Um, <clears throat> sorry Jacoby's alive all, is the other thing is the, that we know uh, we weren't sure um, yeah I, I kind of gathered if he would have died from those kind of blows that would have been like horrible yeah but he's an older guy he doesn't look like he takes care of himself you know how dare you say Riff is an older guy he's an older guy keep going he I'm gonna like, get angry keep going <laughs> he wasn't in West Side Story but in Twin Peaks Riff because we're we're insinuating that like it's the same character. We're not insinuating; it is the same He's character. Gone under, you know, witness protection. Um, God, that'd be amazing. We find. I that always out. pause West Side Story so Riff and Tony never die. <laughs> Wait, I've never seen West Side Story. What happens? Oh, uh, Riff and Tony—they don't die. <laughs> the Martell, <clears throat> the Martell residents—they're looking for the ledger, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, it's still kind of like the two of them are finally trying to help each other. But really, you're like, like you said, she's using him. But Pete finds his yearbook and it's kind of cute. Um, but then she gets a phone call from Hank uh, who says, you know, what you're looking for is at the mill. Um, and he tells her where to go. We kind of know maybe she's getting set up here. Um, Hank had taken a pause sure. from drying dishes. What? What were you saying? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I totally lost you for a second. Oh. I heard what he's looking for is at the mill. Yes. And, then I, and now you're back. What did you hear? What, did you not hear anything before that? The last thing I heard was what he's looking for is at the mill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, that, and I think that's where I finished what I was saying. Okay. Because Hank calls um, Catherine to try to get her to go to the mill. But Hank had taken a pause from, I guess, doing dishes at the double R, um, because then he goes and he's kind of trying to sweet talk Norma. Uh, and it ends with him kissing Norma. Oh, crud, dude. Who is Norma? <laughs> In the diner, right? Norma. <clears throat> let's just stop. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. I'm listening. Who, well, let's Norma? stop the whole podcast. No, like, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. That's not fair. There's too many. Let's find a con let's find a radio contest we can enter you in. Let's just put all the energy into something that's going to mean something. I am trying <laughs> to clear something up as a first-time viewer. This is not fair. You've watched this show 45 times. 43 times. And I am trying to make sure I know who Norma is so Don't I can follow along. So, um, it's his wife. Norma runs the double R. Thank she's you. That's Quince all I'm asking. She's Quincy Jones's wife. She's one of Charlie's Angels. Can you please Pull it together. What is the name of the bar that they all got? They went to the Book House. The Book House. Okay, 
Well, wait, I, no, I, no, no, that's not true. That's um, the Roadhouse is the, the bar. Road the Bookhouse is the other bar with like the secret. Because right. I keep getting the Roadhouse and the Double R confused. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm um, trying not to. By but the way, I get yelled at every time I ask for clarification. I had, I have hopes that you and I are at the Double R one day, drinking is coffee it? and having pie. Can you actually go there? Yes, you can go there. Oh, well, why aren't we there? That doesn't make any sense. I know. Wait, Sean, for real. Yes. I'm, I'm, this is a for real thing I'm telling it's you right now. It's called Tweeds is the name of the place, but it's like uh, that's the- Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> we could put a sign up in front of the Tweeds. It says the double la- R. The last <laughs> episode of this podcast, we are doing it from the double R. Oh, dude, I want to make. The, I'll commit to that. I will commit to that right now. I want to go so bad. But you're closer. I know. Let's I've never it. gone. I swear to you, we're gonna do our it. our our uh, mutual friend Joe Chandler and I. One year, we're gonna go. We were gonna go up there and make a trip. We didn't do it. Joe can go with us. He could. He could. He, he could. Pr- he could be a guest on the last episode before the third <clears throat> season starts. Sean, this is a good idea. Okay, I'm listening. I like All it. right. Um, my wife's telling me no. I can't go. So, um, uh, oh, my wife is. Uh, she's actually not listening to me. Um, my wife isn't here anymore. What is she, is she working tonight? I don't know. Okay. Um, so Hank kisses Norma kisses Hank back. No, don't do it, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then oh, it's just so much sadness for the for the Norma Ed thing because the next scene is the Hurley residence and he walks in, he sees Nadine and she tries to like, not tries to not clap. <laughs> She has a full-on weight bench in the living room, by the way. Like a, like, <laughs> she's awesome. Um, but she might be dead. Oh God! If she comes back in season two, I swear to God. Okay, let's just let's just go right past that. <sighs> um, so then, they're at the sheriff's. Um, this is kind of there's a lot going on here. So, they're at the sheriff's, and then, who Leland shows up, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, wait. James shows up first because he's got the tape. So he wants to talk to uh he wants to talk to Cooper. Um and then Leland shows up saying, like, you guys found him, you found him. Uh and they're like, No, we we've got someone in, you know, in custody, but we don't know. And then Leland sees um Doc Hayward, who, you know, is a friend because Laura and Donna are best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, you know what, you need to go home. Uh, hey, Doc Hayward is to Leland says, go home. You need to be with Sarah. That's that's where you should be. Um, he's like, you can go to the hospital. And like, no, I'm going home. And then he kind of has that kind of crazy look in his face and says, hospital. Um, <clears throat> Leland's up to no good. And then we get to James is trying to uh, give Cooper the tape. Um, you know, so, oh, we found this. And then Cooper's like, hey. You know, Jacoby had a heart attack. What's going on? What are you guys doing? And that's when, um, that's when uh, Sheriff had been checking his gas tank for drugs, finds it, and Cooper's like, look, man, here's the deal. You know, I've been really patient with you, but you're going to start explaining things to me like, where did you get the drugs? Where um, are the drugs? Where where did all the other drugs come from? So um, poor James being set up. But, you know, James is kind of, master of his own fate here he's been doing some things he probably shouldn't be and uh so then we're at one-eyed jacks and there's the ghostwood um signing between the the icelandic guy i don't know his name um 
And this is where Hank makes it. A lot of this episode is Hank making phone calls. Have you noticed that? Well, I think we. I think it's showing you that Hank is the is the mastermind. He's like, uh, I like. Remember, what was it like one eight hundred collect? Was that the thing back then? <laughs> I don't even think. No, I think it was one hundred collect. Was after that. One hundred collect was like the mid nineties. I hope Hank is like you know paying for these phone calls. Norma's gonna get the bill. She's gonna be pissed. Oh man, they're not. They're not charging that much for that cherry pie. Uh, well, it's Norma's cherry pie. I think Hank makes like four phone calls in this episode. He's like quite the little chatty Cathy. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be funny if he did make phone calls and then behind him on the wall were Kathy cartoons that were like cut out. Oh, Mondays. Hank loves Kathy. Hank loves Kathy cartoons. <laughs> oh, anyway. Bobby. Mm-hmm. Our other little road scholar in this show shows up at the Johnson house looking for Shelly. Surprise, surprise, Leo is there with an axe, you stupid, stupid, stupid man. Um, and just as he's about to end everyone's misery by killing Bobby, <laughs> Leo is shot. Yes. By Hank. And by Hank, Hank. Hank says this earlier. This is the last scene he, he tells... Um, he tells uh, Ben Horn he's going to do it. Um, and then we we get this kind of really, uh, to me, it's kind of this beautiful moment where Leo is dying watching Invitation to Love as his kind of counterpart in the show, Montana, is also shot and has this really overdramatic, like, kind of, take to the left at Leo yeah. while Leo is more realistically dying. Yeah. Um, it's a really great moment. And I, I've seen this episode a lot, but I, watching it again today, I was like, this is amazing. Um, yeah, it is really, uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Montana. I didn't know that was his name. That's really good. True story. Dallas, this is for you. Oh. That is Lucas Giolito's dad, Rick. Oh, really? Yes, really. That's very funny. For those of you who don't know, Lucas Giolito is a pitcher for the Washington Nationals. He was the uh, number one prospect in baseball this year. Yeah, and he's going <clears> to <throat> blow out his arm and have Tommy John. Yeah, probably true. Yep. Um, but his dad is fantastic as Montana. In his Invitation dad is Love. fantastic as Montana. Probably Invitation one of the to Love. actors on the show. Invitation to Love, I, by the way, I found on YouTube, and I'll post this. Maybe I'll post something on our Twitter page. Uh, there's a link to the whole thing, like uncut, um, and it's fantastic. So... The next scene is uh, the mill. Catherine shows up because this is where Hank had called her and said, what you're looking for is whatever, drying shed three. But what's in drying shed three is Shelly about to, you know, explode. Um, so she's being set up here, Catherine is. and um, Or do you think that she's being set up in a good way? Like Hank was like, what you're looking for is in the mill. And what she's looking for is just a daughter. No. And Shelly's looking for a mom. No, Hank has they no... They just need some friends. No, there's some no... guidance. Hank, there's no good There's no good in Hank. What you're looking for is in the mill, Catherine. Plus, we know that Josie and, and Ben have been plotting against Catherine this whole season. I, I just think that there's a really and nice part, moment. Part of their thing was to get rid of the mill and Catherine in one um, big fiery swoop. Not before maybe they bring a, a two women together that need some guidance and love. That's true. <laughs> Shelly could be the daughter that Catherine never had. 
And Catherine could be the mother that Shelly obviously doesn't have because Shelly walked in, <laughs> stayed in the house and was washing her hair in the sink. I think that they were working on the shower. They just hit. Maybe Le- that's Leo it. was going to maybe do it this weekend, and then Shelly shot him. So. <clears throat> so it is her fault. This was her fault. <clears throat> well, we all know it's her fault. Yeah. All right. Um. So then, uh, yeah, it's like all, like, there's like a, it's very, like, there's a timer. <laughs> it's very, like, West, spaghetti western-ish, like, when this thing gets to the end, you know, it's going to blow up. Um, but nothing blew up, right? <clears throat> well, yeah, no, like, basically, like, the fire, yeah, there was an explosion, because that's when the fire kind of really starts going. I guess so, um, yeah. And and Catherine is kind of not, she's, like, wasting a lot of time trying to, like, think and not trying to help Shelly or get out of there. Yeah. Um, by the way, it was funny. The, I was listening, and, like, the music during that thing is very unlike anything else in the show. And I was almost curious, like, did someone else do the music? Because there was one guy who did all the music for the whole show. But, no, he did that. So he must have come back to write that for that scene. For that scene. Because <clears throat> if you've been watching the show, most of the show is, like, four or five musical themes that they just play in different, like, variations to the whole thing. But the mill fire music is, like, very, very different. Um, yeah. But I have a, I have a soundtrack that's, like, the nerd soundtrack that has, like, every cue, and it's in there. So it must have been something that they had him do for that, that scene. Um, anyway. Do they call the song Fire at the Mill? It's called Mill Fire. Close. Dang it. Fine. Go ahead. We're back at the hospital, and um, Catherine just, saved Shelley. Just, by the way, just right? well, we don't know. Oh, we don't know. We're I guess you're right. We don't know. Just when we're starting to warm up to Jacques, uh, Leland puts a pillow over his face. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? I yeah, I remember it. And um, I think Leland had pulled like a fire alarm, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a really disturbing scene where Leland's just kind of like silently screaming until the alarm goes off and then he bails um and Jacques is no longer with us no longer French Canadian well it goes back it's a tale as old as time you know when Canada was first formed France wanted a peace and you think to yourself like just let Canada be but uh it wasn't gonna happen so at the mill, Pete is. This is at this point the fire is like blazing, and there's a, you know Pete is like you know I'm gonna go in there. She's still my wife. Mm-hmm. Pete deserves season one, like a season one award for like, you know, best guy, right? Sure, um, but also, I I'm forgetting the first episode, I guess, before Laura Palmer is announced dead. Well, that's the first episode. I, I, but I mean, like, you know, before that, because we were Leland killing Jock. Yes. So that kind of comes out of left field. Oh, let's go back to the sheriff station. So they go, he comes up to the sheriff and says, you've got the guy? Like. Oh, so he thinks that Jock killed her. Yeah, because that's what they, oh, he finds that out. that makes so much more sense. So he finds out someone, they've arrested someone for the murder of, and so he goes and kills. And him. we know that's that, why. We because know I that, was like, I yeah. listened to that scene, and then I wa- I watched that sheriff scene, and I just like I didn't it didn't really register. Sure, what was happening? That's why he's with like Leland. And then when he goes and killed him, I was like, 
I was literally like about to watch the first episode over because I'm like, is Leland part of like Tony and and uh, Bobby's like gang? Like you know no. what I mean? Like I was trying to figure it all out. No, like, no, 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 no. So like okay. right, going right. back to the sheriff station, he goes, "Is it true?" Like he's like over overzealous. You found someone. You found the killer. You know, and obviously it's like, look, due process. We have someone arrested, but we yeah. don't know. And that's when he asks Doc if he's going back to the hospital. And he says no, and he gets this idea um, that he's going to go, you know, just take justice into his own hands. Um, Makes more so sense. So Leland doesn't have a high, um, I guess, he doesn't think highly of the legal system. He decides he's going to, you know, take Jacques out. Well, who does, you know? <laughs> who does? Man, I'll tell you. Um, so... Pete goes in to save his wife. That's French we, Canadian lives matter. We we that's where we leave Pete and Shelley and uh-huh. um, Catherine. We don't know. Um, but yes, Pete is great, and, it, and uh, yes. it made me so sad to watch him run into that fire <laughs> because I, because Catherine is such a stupid asshole. Yes, and I was just like, why don't I just don't? Uh, uh, all right, Pete. But maybe Shelley is the daughter that Pete never had. <laughs> maybe that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe Catherine is the wife that Pete never had. That's also true. But uh, and wait, again, just though, wait till see, next so, season the spinoff with Catherine and Pete <laughs> and Shelley. Catherine, Pete, and Shelley, my two parents. No, oh, we can do better than that. What else? I know. How about um, how about Mar telling it like it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. I think I got That's it. Good. That's I think I got it. I'm one. glad yeah. you guys were all here for that moment. Yeah, I yeah, I can't beat that. Mar, I was gonna, Mar, Mar, tell me something good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was just gonna think like mill. You could call it like mill family problems. Mm-hmm. More, more, mill, wood, more milling it over. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh man! Well, I'm excited if that's okay. what happens. But I have to. But we don't know if any of them are alive, right? We don't know. Okay, we're not going to go there. No, it's fine. I don't want you to. I'm just trying to remember nope. the ending. I, I'm pretty sure that, that none of them are no. discovered alive yet we or dead. We discovered either way. We don't know because we're about to end the episode. The next scene is uh, finally Ben Horn gets a win here, and uh, they sign the deal. With the uh, the Icelanders, um, the deal is done, and then he tells uh, you know Blackie's like congratulations, and he says let's have a look at the new girl. So it's like great, you won, and now you're gonna go try to boink your own daughter. Like but she's way there. to go. She's there for Cooper, right? She's there to try to find out what happened with Laura. Like, that's why she's there, right? She's there for Cooper because she wants to solve the case. So she finds the lead. Like, we're going back. She finds out the Laura worked at the perfume counter. She worked at Jack's. So that's why she's there. But she's now in a little bit over her head. Um, well, yeah, I'll say. But that's that's as far as we get with that is Ben walking in the door. Um Cooper is going back to his hotel room after a long day of fighting crime. Uh, he notices, you know, that the hotel's quiet. We know now that the Icelanders are all at one eye jacks getting lit. Um, and he mentions something about earplugs, which I want to get into later. There's a theory about Diane, whether or not 
what her role is. And there's a lot of theories about like, I think he asked for earplugs in the last episode and he gets them the next day. So it's like, how is that possible? But I need to do a little bit more research on that and we'll get into that uh, with the season. Wait, there's season. a theory that Diane is what? That Diane like isn't real. Like, because yeah. uh, as far as we know, she's just this tape recorder. But like, I think, she, I think the idea is his office is in Philly. So he'd be like sending these tapes in. But I think he asked for the earplugs in a time span where it wouldn't make sense where he'd get them back in that amount of time. I think I said in the first episode that I don't think Diane is real. To be honest, like, I don't, I mean, we don't really know. But this is one of those things where it's either just like writer, like they they were kind of lazy, you know, yeah. or maybe it's on purpose. But but there's something about those earplugs, and I'll look into it, and we'll get into it on another episode. Um, he walks into his door, and he sees a note. This is from Audrey. We know we saw her write this the last episode. It says, addressed to my special agent. He gets a phone call that we later find out is from Andy saying that we found Leo... He's been shot. Cooper goes back to the door. Someone had knocked on his door, and then Cooper is shot twice, mm. twice in the chest. Two times. Season one finale. So theories for season two. It's all a dream because Cooper's actually in a coma. So what you're saying that season one was a dream or season no, 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 two no. was all a season dream? Season two, I I don't know. This is me coming at it blind, but I have a feeling season two is going to be all revealed as a dream because Cooper's in a coma. That's really interesting. Truth be told, I've never heard that. Oh, and, okay, all right. And I'm just letting it kind of sit for a second. That's fine. I'm just thinking of like very Lynchian things to do. Mm-hmm. Because it could excuse anything weird. Because I, I just kind of diffuse that as far as far as we know. Because I, because otherwise I'd be like, well, I can't tell you. But obviously they don't play that out as the second season. Sure. But, but that's always a possibility. That's very like Newhart. Isn't that how Newhart ended? Yeah, Bob Newhart. His entire life, um, so far, has been he's been in a coma. But we've allowed. Uh, ourselves to believe collectively. I have nowhere to go with this. Just, just off the top of my head, that's like a really interesting idea. People who have who are listening, who are still listening to this episode, God bless you, who have seen the show all the way through. Let me know what you think about that. That's People an, have been it's, waiting. It's an for this interesting. Episode. It's an interesting thought on a show that you've never seen before that I've seen many times and I've never thought about that. Um, uh, well, you take everything Lynch does at face value, and I actually think there's maybe some deeper connections in there so you know we teach his own one's more creative i guess no it. one takes anything lynch does at face value because there is, <laughs> there's no there is no face value that's not true inland empire is all face value it's all face value all four hours of it um season one dallas how'd you do uh i did fine sorry my cat is clawing at the carpet stop the, it the last one the last cat the last cat and i if i had my way he'd be gone tomorrow oh he's such an asshole um, sorry, I cursed a lot on this podcast. I'm sorry. Maybe it was the whiskey. What kind of whiskey was it? Tillamore Dew. Ooh, I like Tillamore Dew. Tillamore don't. Mm, do you remember at the Blarney Stone that guy Blackie? No. no. Do you remember Blackie? You remember yes, Blackie? Yes, I do. 
And every time they said Blackie on this show, every I Irish, thought of every, Blackie. Every Irish pub had to have one guy named Blackie. You who nev- who you never you said you a go. word that we could understand. You go to do. I didn't. You know what I'm saying? Not one word. Good to see you, Blackie. Because you didn't know. But tell me to. What was Blackie's real name? Donald. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come <laughs> no on. Idea. Norma. Um, what if it was Willie? <laughs> Willie. Uh, Black, Blackie sounds so much cooler. I thought the um, I, it picked up. I was, you know, the first three episodes, I could have probably told you I was not interested mm-hmm. uh, in the show. But it definitely picked up. And kind of the the characters that I felt like I wanted to follow along with started to get more screen time. Sure. Like it took so long, I feel like, to set up all of the characters that by the time we focused in on the characters, I I basically, I could see why the show wasn't a hit. But it was a hit. But I mean, like for the, you're saying that they were afraid they weren't going to get renewed. So it couldn't have been like a smash hit because if it was, then they would have gotten renewed. I think it was one of those things where you could be a hit then, and because it was so touch and go, like it came out of the gate sprinting and then kind of slowed. Like what's funny is you're feeling like you kind of were not into it, but it came out of the gate sprinting and then slowed as far as popularity. But that's why I bet it did that, though, is because that it came out of the gate swinging, and then you're a few episodes in, and you're like, okay, I'm tired of all these people I don't care about. I'm going to stop watching this show now. Yeah. And so then, of course, the ratings are going to take a dip, and you're going to get a few diehards, and then as the show picks up, and again, we start focusing on some storylines that are intriguing and and characters that you like to watch, and then those diehards are going to stick with the show. So, I yeah. mean, I mean, and not diehards, obviously. Back then, a lot more people watched TV on a live basis. But, I mean, like, uh, yeah, that's what – so, I mean, I, I don't know. That's why I felt like it was uh, it was tough to get going on it. But, but, I, but I'm glad I stuck with it. And the cool. last few episodes, probably the last three particularly, um, were, were the, my favorite so far. Oh, good. And uh, I felt like the, the pace was quicker, especially, like you said, with this last one. There's a lot of quick scenes in this last one. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like the, you know, Nadine's gone, hopefully. And, um, and I, you know, maybe Josie died in the mill fire. I don't know. That would be good. And then. Um, <laughs> she just drove by and was like, what's going on in here? <laughs> she saw Pete run in and she's like, oh, he's still my boss. And then he runs in. <laughs> Josie's like, I brought s'mores. <laughs> Dude, I made s'mores last night. Yeah? Have you done that recently? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's so good. I haven't made s'mores. I guess we made s'mores maybe like two months ago. We had some friends that were. It had probably been like a decade since I made s'mores. Like, everyone, go make s'mores. Like, we're all, the world is going to end at some point. Make One s'mores. One of the things that I was bummed about, about at, our, at my wedding was that we had a whole s'mores station. And I but, ate all of it before you guys got married. I'm so very, sorry. I'll cop to it now. I love s'mores. No, we had like a fire pit, and then you could was that ten years ago. There. Yes, and and only a few people knew about it, like could find it, and you know because there's no light over there, so it was kind of hard to get going. But I was so happy with that idea that people could go make s'mores. 
Like it was such a cool idea in my mind. How ironic that you, a, a lighting director, at a few points in your life, had didn't have proper lighting for your s'mores bar. Well, I'll tell you, they, we had to run everything on generators, Sean. So it wasn't the easiest. <laughs> hey, thing in the I world. get it. Weddings are the worst. Let's just be honest. <laughs> wasn't the easiest thing in the world. Um. Anyway, okay, uh, yeah. s'mores so, are delicious. Yes. Um. You know what I made the other day? What I made a new mean? sandwich, and it was probably PB and J. Nope. I made a. Uh, I made. I took. A, we had this turkey with this Italian seasoned turkey from uh, from Trader Joe's. By the way, I got a lot of good feedback about your food uh, thing. You talking about your food? So keep going. And uh, I put that on some bread, but then I mixed pesto with mayo, and put that on the bread. And then I put a little uh, uh, thin sliced mozzarella on top, but I dipped the mozzarella in uh, balsamic vinegar. And then I put that on the sandwich too. Was it good balsamic vinegar? (laughs) 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 It was good. My wife said it was one of the best sandwiches she's ever had. Should we get to Liz's question? <laughs> Let's get to we have had a, a listener question. Um There's no way she's still listening. No, she is. Uh oh, all right. from our loyal listener, Liz Ramsey. She wants to know, Dallas, would you rather be an actor on the show Twin Peaks or an actor on the fake show Invitation to Love? Do you want to go first? Because you have more experience with Invitation to Love. I mean, I think I would rather, if I had to choose, I would rather be on Twin Peaks just because. But from what I know of how they shot Invitation to Love, it sounded like really fun where they like did it all in one day. Um, and it, I'm going to post a link. I might post a link on our Twitter of the uncut, just the whole thing. Because <laughs> mm. it looks like it was just a blast. But I mean, if I had to choose, I guess I'd have to say Twin Peaks just because it's, you know. It would be so fun to work with David Lynch. Um, I guess that's my answer. Yeah, that's not like um, – yeah, that guy, I guess that's a tough question for me because I haven't seen all the stuff that maybe happens in season two with Invitation to Love. I want to say that most of it – like I'm not – I don't think it's out, but I think we got most of it in the first season. All like right. I don't think well, it makes as much of an appearance – I would say Twin Peaks, but but let me ask you this. Let me let me take Liz's question to the next level. Okay. What character on Twin Peaks would you want to be? I mean, if I had the chops for it, Cooper would be the most fun. Yeah, probably, huh? I don't know, like um hmm. That's like the most fun character to play, but I, like, you know, you'd have to be able to pull that off. Yeah, there's I think- a there's a there's a guy I feel like is always at the double R. His name's Toad. It'd be fun to not have to like act and just be in the show. Just be, yeah, that's fun. What is she? Because there's the, he gives her like a nickel tip, and she's like, "Thanks for the tip. I'll put it towards my retirement fund." Like, <laughs> it'd be awesome to be to be one of those guys that like, didn't have to do anything, just be uh, be in the show. Yeah, I think I probably want to be Richard Beamer's character. You just want to be Richard Beamer so you could have been in West Side Story. Ah, uh, that's that's not that's, that's not completely wrong. true. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally wrong. Oh man! All right, all right. This, is, well. this was really fun um, getting to go through this season with you, and I I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to try to do this a little more frequently. We'll try to pick up the pace because here here's the story. Um, Twin Peaks is coming back. 
Mm. Season three is slated to come out in 2017, but we don't have a date yet. Um, Mark Frost has written a book. Uh, it's called The Secret History or The Secret Lives of... Uh, what is the it? Secret. It's just called The Secret. No, it's not called that. I think it's The Secret History of Twin Peaks, and it's coming out in like two months. Um, it's the first Twin Peaks thing that we're, we've, we're going to get since Fire Walk With Me in like 92. So it's a, it's a, for Twin Peaks fans, it's like a huge deal. So I'd like to get through this as quickly as we can so that we can kind of move on and get ready for the next stuff. All right. So we're going to have stuff coming away and it's exciting. I want to bring you into it. Um, we are going to do the season two premiere with our good friend uh, and Twin Peaks buff, John Lorenz. Um, so we just need to work out a time where we, the three of us can get together. Cool. I'm available it. November. So, and I'll also just tell everyone ahead of time, it's a two hour show. So it's going to be a two part episode because we won't get through it. Um, but yeah, Dallas, thank you for, uh, for coming down this road with me, holding my hand so gently. <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it season two. Yeah, it was fun and I'm glad we did it. And, uh, and I'm glad that I got to, uh, talk about Hyundai's. Well, they're great cars and they're affordable, and that's all, the thing. Is for when you all think the about for all the right reasons, <laughs> that's their slogan. <laughs> that's not theirs. That's like Pacific Hyundai. Pacific Honda. See, you're oh, doing it too. What's the, Everyone's what's doing the Honda it. slogan? Pacific Honda for all the right reasons. San Diego's got some pretty good car jingles. They do. My right? see Nissan. That's the best. My see Nissan. My see Nissan moves you. Um, stick a yeah! juicy fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. I I enjoy the show, and I'm glad that I I'm finally kind of getting to know getting to know it. Yeah. So thanks for making me do it. You're welcome. I want to uh, take a moment to cite a few sources since I've been I've been uh, using them this season, and I'll continue to. Um, I'm not going to recommend these books to anyone because they are going to have spoilers in them, but. The Essential Wrapped in Plastic is a book um, by a guy named John Thorne. And it was kind of, there was a magazine, like a fanzine that kind of turned into a real thing uh, called Wrapped in Plastic. So it's some of his articles, but he wrote really great episode um, synopsis for all of the episodes. So I've used those. And there's also a book called Reflections, an oral history of Twin Peaks by a guy named Brad Dukes, where he interviewed um, everyone except for David Lynch. Uh, it's fantastic. But again, until you've seen the show, I would wait to get those books. But if you have seen the show, get those two. Those are like the two best books um, kind of about the show. Uh, highly recommend them. And so thanks to those two guys for doing a lot of footwork for me. Um, Dallas, anything else? Final words? I want to cite a few books too, if I could. Um, and I do recommend these cause they, uh, they don't have spoilers, but, um, uh, one of them is called case closed. It's the, uh, book that proves once and for all that, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman that killed Kennedy. It's about 7,000 pages, but, um, but it's a good read. Uh, I also would like to recommend 2030 by Albert Brooks. It's a great fun read. Um, and then probably the last book I, I would want to recommend uh, to Twin Peaks fans out there that I think that 
if you like Twin Peaks, you're definitely going to get into this book because it's it's kind of like if you're reading David Lynch on the page. But uh, it's called Hop on Pop. It's by Dr. Seuss. And uh, my kid loves it, and we've read it a lot. So those are my book recommendations. Thank you, Dallas. No problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next season. Dish in the Percolator. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us, Dish in the Percolator, uh, Percolator Pod. What is it? At Percolator Pod. You can email us at percolatorpod at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.dishinthepercolator.com. Season one. Dish in the Percolator. See, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Season one. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. That was fun. <laughs> Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. The guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. <laughs>